And we begin our news briefing with Seo Mi Sorang here in the studio. Good morning. Good morning, Henry. Okay, well, as uh, we mentioned in the opening, we're now at level 2.5, which mm-hmm. uh, you will give us more details on what exactly uh, that means for us in our daily lives. But right. why don't we start with the reason why we are in 2.5, and that, are, that is the, uh, the new numbers, which really are stubbornly persisting at a very high level. Very high level and continuing fluctuations, but on the whole, rising. So the daily COVID-19 count surpassed 600 again yesterday, which is surprising because it was a weekend. The KDCA confirmed 631 additional cases, raising the accumulated total for Korea to 37,546. Now, of these, 599 were local transmissions, with 470 coming from the Greater Seoul area. There were five additional deaths, raising the death toll to 549, and the fatality rate currently stands at 1.45%. And as you mentioned, the the fact that the uh, the weekend numbers came out, and we'll get the Sunday numbers as well, but uh, the fact that we are over 600, uh, despite the fact that generally there are fewer tests being conducted uh, on Saturday and Sunday, is alarming in and of itself. Uh, A lot of us now have been, there's sort of now a ritualization during this pandemic where many of us who follow the news and other concerned citizens just kind of wait for that 10 uh, Mm a.m. announcement as to what the uh, previous day's new infection numbers were. But now it's become a little bit more uh, streamlined where a lot of us now are looking at that 6 p.m. number, right? Mm-hmm. It gives us a gauge of what happens the next day. And so right. if the 6 p.m. number says, well, we got about 500, uh, we're going to expect maybe add another plus alpha 100, we're going to get mm-hmm. over 100 here. So those numbers look bad. And as you say, um, it is holding steady but creeping up. And that is why uh, the government had to make the difficult decision. Although I think most observers had expected that they were, it was inevitable that they were going to have to take this step. The greater soul area, and that includes the surrounding Gyeonggi province areas that are kind of uh, satellite cities to Seoul, they are now going to be at a level Mm 2.5. Again, this is going to be very much dependent on the region that you live in. So if you're listening to us somehow from outside of Seoul, you might not be affected by this as much. But here at 2.5, what exactly has changed and what actually remains the same? Well, starting with what remains the same, the curbs on restaurants and cafes, that will remain the same. So takeout and delivery only, all day for cafes, and after 9pm for restaurants. Now, as for the so-called high-risk facilities, so for example, dorebangs and indoor fitness facilities, including gyms, screen golf centres, and also door-to-door sales. Under Level 2, these were all allowed to operate and continue on until 9 p.m. But now, under Level 2.5, they won't be allowed at all. Also, a new curfew has been placed on movie theatres, internet cafes and hair salons. They will have to close at 9 p.m. But this restriction was already in place in Seoul since Saturday under the Level 2 plus alpha measures. At concert halls... Under level two, you had to leave every other seat vacant. Now you have to leave every two seats empty between people. And large retail shops bigger than 300 square meters, so including supermarkets, shopping complexes and department stores, they will all have to close at 9 p.m. as well. And the upper cap for gatherings have been lowered from 100 to 50 people, and this includes weddings, funerals and conferences. 
Sports events are allowed without spectators, while religious services are only available online or via broadcasts. In-person religious activities, if needed, they have a separate upper cap for people. Uh, the number of people gathering. That cap is not 50, but 20 or less participants. Now, in terms of education, schools will only be allowed to fill one third of their full capacity. Under level two, this was only a guideline, mm-hmm. but under level 2.5, this is mandatory. And Hagwon will especially be subject to level three restrictions, meaning no in-person lessons. And this has been in place because of the holidays and the expected rush to Hagwons. The tougher regulations will be enforced for the next three weeks, starting tomorrow, and will stay until in uh, will stay in place until December twenty eighth. Now, as for cities outside the Greater Seoul area, they will be subject to a looser level two. Restriction. All right. Well, we definitely thank you for that very detailed look as to what uh, level 2.5 entails, especially here for Seoul. And I think as uh, you, you sift through this and you gauge the uh, reaction to it, I think most reasonable minded people accept the fact that there will have to be further restrictions to mm-hmm. try to get a, a number on this. But some have sure. been pointing out. I wouldn't say necessarily um, conflicting or kind of uh, hypocritical standards being placed, but often there is a wonder because for the the big marts, um, most of their revenue is done during the day, and mm-hmm. so they have kind of kind of brushed this aside, saying, "Well, we don't really make money after 9 p.m. that anyway. much anyway, so mm-hmm. that's going to probably be made up by online sales, and that's that's not a big deal." The same thing, uh, a lot of people point out because I, I think there might be certain. Um, Industries that a particular person, depending on their uh, daily lives and routines, would favor. For example, somebody might really be into golf and they might be mm-hmm. upset about the uh, screen golf uh, mm-hmm. centers being all shut down. However, um, th- that person will say, well, it doesn't make sense because you're letting the, um, the hair salons open, but uh, have right. them shut down after 9 p.m. Who gets a haircut after 9 p.m.? That's, not, <laughs> that's a very small percentage of the right. population. And so you kind of wonder uh, what exactly the standards are. And I, I understand there are some things that are kind of deemed to be more risky type of behaviors mm-hmm. like gatherings in, in sort of places. That's why drinking establishments are often the first to kind of get on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is... Uh, After 9 p.m., perhaps inhibitions fall a little bit, and so whether alcohol is involved or not, and there is maybe a looser uh, way of going about things, and so they're trying to institute that shutdown, and that was already in place here in Seoul where Mm -hmm. uh, public transportation was curbed, um, places to even frequent were uh, very much restricted, and so they they just want people to stay home. The question is, I, I, I mentioned this briefly, is how much further can we go? Because mm. if these numbers don't go down from now, and that's, that's, there's a non-zero chance that the numbers could still continue to be at this oh, level sh- or even rise. Sure, sure. Uh, there, there's, just, there's just not much else the government can do. Right, short from shutting it all right. day long. And I think the line has to be drawn somewhere, so you are always going to have complaints no matter where you draw the line. But I think the real key here with the extension, to, uh, with the rise to 2.5 is... Before, because restaurants kept closing, well, because restaurants were closing at 9 p.m., people kept looking for other ways to continue with the ita and zanta, yeah, yeah. and they looked for loopholes. But now, with almost all shop- shops being closed at 9 p.m., people are forced to say, "Okay, we really have no choice now. Let's go home." Yeah, I mean, just anecdotally, um, in my neighborhood, there's these. This is kind of a brunch spot that's mm-hmm. kind of popular and. Because of the fact that uh, there has been this idea that there are not a lot of options, it's just jam-packed, right, over <laughs> right. the weekend. And then right. you saw photos on the internet. 
because outside of Seoul, there are less restrictions. You mm-hmm. saw the, the ski resorts. They're, they're yeah. jam-packed right now, right. especially because the weather now allows uh, for mm-hmm. some uh, decent ski, skiing or snowboarding. And so, again, it, it seems like it's hard to complete of a complete shutdown mm-hmm. and kind of relying on the adherence to the average person to, to uh, follow these social distancing guidelines. That If the spread is out there, if community spread is out there and we don't have proper contact tracing as to the source of some of these spreads, It's going to be pretty difficult. Right. And you mentioned going to other regions outside of Greta's Hall. Uh, One restriction that has been included or introduced in line with this is that the number of KTX and other transportation outside Mm. Seoul has been reduced down to 50%. Yeah. And so you will have to rely on private vehicles, which I think we'll talk about a little later on, that Mm -hmm. perhaps the government would like you to purchase one as (laughs) well. Uh, Let's turn to some other news now. Uh, Another big announcement that came over the weekend was this uh, long-signaled cabinet reshuffle. And so we're going to have some changes. Most notable, and I guess grabbing the most headlines, was the fact that the embattled Minister of Land, Infrastructure and Transport, Kim Hyun-mi, will be replaced. And Mm -hmm. that was sort of the the headline shift in the cabinet. However, what it also means is that the uh, current foreign minister, Kang Kyung-hwa, has now become the only original cabinet member of the Moon administration to stay in office. That's right. So Minister Kang Kyung-hwa, she has been serving her post now for three and a half years. And it remains to be seen whether she will complete her five-year post. Now, pundits, they believe that President Moon Jae-in's decision to keep Kang Kyung-hwa in office for now is largely twofold. The first is a need to keep Korea's side of foreign diplomacy constant during a change in the administration in the U.S., This would hopefully facilitate a smooth continuation of the South Korea-U.S. alliance. Now, the second reason for keeping Kang Kyung-hwa in office is her role as a K-quarantine evangelist because she had been actively holding interviews with foreign media outlets to get the word out there regarding Korea's anti-COVID-19 policies and their successes. Yeah, and so she has not been without any uh, sort of controversies herself during her tenure. Uh, Mm -hmm. There there were these uh, cases of sexual harassment among officials in the foreign ministry. Uh, She... And through no fault of her own, but uh, her husband Husband. also involved in a controversy for traveling uh, in the height of the uh, pandemic. But uh, overall, uh, the calculation being made, continuity, at least with foreign policy and diplomacy, Mm -hmm. uh, means that Kang Kyung-hwa will stay. Uh, Probably not a surprise, though, but Kim Hyun-mi, who has, um, if anything, been perhaps the most embattled um, current cabinet minister, she will be replaced, largely because of the dissatisfaction with how the country has been going about its real estate policy. Mm -hmm. And so... Her replacement is going to be Pyeong Chang-hum. And so a lot of attention now paid to who he is and how yeah. he's going to uh, be carrying forward the uh, Moon's real estate policy plan. Uh, who is he? Well, Pyeong Chang-hum, he's recognized as a housing expert. He is a former CEO of the Korea Land and Housing Corporation, or LH for short, and a professor specializing in urban planning and urban renewal. He was also the head of Seoul Housing and Communications Corp, or SH, between 2014 and 2017, and during that time, he took the lead in supplying more public rental housing. Uh, At this point, there are some doubts about whether Pyon can bring about policies that are meaningfully different enough from those of Kim. Following his nomination, Pyon mentioned the need to increase housing supplies in Central Seoul, but Pyon has expressed in the past that increasing supply and expecting prices to fall as a result 
is a form of fantasy. He argued that an expansion in supply is not a panacea for housing prices and that there needs to be a special design in policy, one that would better match affordable housing to those who really need them. And given his background, Pyon's version of affordable housing would most likely center around a public concept of housing. Right. So uh, as you are conveying here, a bit of skepticism as to mm-hmm. whether really you can change the entire dynamic simply by changing the uh, the minister in charge of real estate policy. Now, turning to our next story here, this is an individual. Cabinet members serve at the pleasure of the president, so they can be replaced at any time. Mm -hmm. However, high-ranking officials who are virtually uh, cabinet-level people in terms of their uh, power and influence, like the prosecutor general, there is a different case because they serve out terms, and uh, barring unforeseen circumstances, they finish out those terms. Namely, the prosecutor general, Yoon se uh, there is a way to get him out of office, and that's going on right now. This mm-hmm. disciplinary committee uh, has been delayed already a couple of times, and it is now set for this coming Thursday. Right. However, there is, again, a chance that uh, it might not actually occur as scheduled. That's right. So numeral factors in play here. Uh, with the delay, both Chu and Yoon se they have more time to prepare their cases. But the ongoing appeals and complaints with the courts may mean further delays. So a bit of background, it was Yoon's side that requested a second postponement. Yoon's legal team, they submitted a request on Thursday to the Justice Ministry to allow a grace period of more than five days. The ministry initially denied this request, but when President Moon Jae-in intervened and commented that a fair and just procedure should be guaranteed, the ministry decided to comply and the disciplinary meeting was de- uh, delayed to this Thursday, the 10th. On Friday, the Justice Ministry filed an appeal against the Seoul Administrative Court's decision that lifted Minister Chumye's order to suspend Yoon Seok-yeol from duty. So we have that going on. Mm. Earlier that same day, Yoon filed a complaint with the Constitutional Court over the, quote, unfairness of the Prosecutor Disciplinary Act, and he also requested an injunction to put off the disciplinary meeting until the Constitutional Court's verdict comes out. The consensus among experts seems to be that neither the uh, request for an injunction nor Chumye's request for an appeal, they would be granted. There's mm-hmm, a lot of skepticism mm-hmm. around that. Uh, Meanwhile, the National Conference of Judiciary Representatives was being held later today. That is a meeting of around uh, a bit over 100 judges across the nation. And there's interest on whether the issue of Yoon spying on judges and the documents analyzing judges' political leanings, whether that will be brought up in the conference. Yeah, uh, interesting point raised about how neither uh, filing by both Chu and for Yoon with the uh, the sole court's decision and then the injunction uh, requested to the constitutional court. It seems more of a point of putting it on the record as to these two individuals and their side stance on this as to uh, their disagreement with these rulings that have occurred so far. Right. We'll talk much more about this during our Radio Salon segment uh, at the end of the pro- uh, program. However, uh, safe to say, uh, w- without the COVID-19 pandemic, this is probably the issue that people would be talking about pretty much 90% right. of the time because it's already dominating mm-hmm. headlines despite what we're going through with COVID-19. And it's all centered over this idea of prosecutorial reform. Uh, The key signature sort of uh, entity that symbolizes prosecutorial reform is Kongsucha, or this um, uh, Corruption Investigation Office for high-ranking officials. We've got three days left until the National Assembly session ends, Mm -hmm. Misurang. And so the question right now is, uh, with the clock ticking, are they going
going to be able to get some kind of agreement or maybe a unilateral push to set up CIO. Right, CIO standing for Corruption Investigation Office for High-Ranking Officials, as you mentioned. And we are talking about the revision to the CIO bill, which would effectively remove the veto right of the opposition party during the nomination process of the head of the CIO. Now, for its part, the ruling DP is continuing with its efforts to swiftly handle the revision bill. Now, the Assembly's Legislation and Judiciary Committee on Friday convened a subcommittee meeting to deliberate the pending bill. The PPP boycotted the committee through Thursday, arguing that the chair, DP Representative Yun Ho-jung, was unilaterally convening the meetings. But the main opposition did show up for the Friday's session. The DP has taken a hardline stance, with one high-ranking party member saying to Yonhap News yesterday that passage on the 9th is a must, an immutable principle, while PPP is taking the stance that it would try to come to an agreement on other key bills, such as the three economy bills, on the condition that the two parties continue negotiations on the CIO bill. Meanwhile, the DP is somewhat reluctant on an extraordinary session during December, but it seems... Uh, that it will be inevitable because of the cabinet reshuffle mm. and the subsequent confirmation hearings. Yeah, and so again, another very crucial week uh, to see whether Kongsucha actually becomes a reality or not. You mentioned the PPP. Uh, they are trying to brand themselves in a different way, perhaps mm-hmm. appeal to moderate moderates. And part of that now is trying to appeal to the youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the party has launched a youth people's Uh, power. I I guess that's the translation you got for us. uh, And that was set up yesterday? That's right. So in Korean, it is called 청년 국민의힘 or 청년의힘. We don't have the official English title yet, but tentatively we'll call it the Youth People's Power. It is a youth party with separate voting rights within the PPP. The founding preparation committee held its inaugural conference in Yeongdungpo district yesterday. And Chairman Kim Byung-uk said that in existing established politics, Young people are reduced to being passive, having been selected and displayed only for optics. Kim said that he will see through greater youth participation so that there can be harmony among all the different age demographics. The youth people's power will have a separate voting, personnel and budget rights and have an upper age limit set at 39 years old. Now, ironically, the biggest force behind the youth people's power creation was PPP's interim chief Kim Jong-in, ironic because he is one of the oldest politicians active right now. Kim Jong-in said that, quote, Korean politics can only change if the younger generation exert a lot of influence on politics. Now, for reference, uh, right now, of the 300 members of the National Assembly, there are only 13 people under the age of 39, which is a bit over uh, 3%. Yeah, and so, I mean, whether you agree or disagree with Kim Jong-un, it is clear that he is uh, making a considered effort to try to appeal to the youth, which have, uh, up till now, with the Conservative Party, not been a uh, successful endeavor. All right, uh, final story here, and uh, we kind of alluded to it uh, a little earlier, but Mm -hmm. the government is mulling an extension on the uh, tax cut of passenger cars to try to boost sales. Right, so the National Tax Service is said to be considering the measure to boost sluggish sales as a novel coronavirus outbreak is continuing to deal a significant blow to domestic car makers and related industries. The NTS had already provided tax cuts to the individual consumption tax, which used to be 5% of the car's cost. 
When Corona came around, the NTS slashed the tax rate down to 1.5% for the months of March through to June, with a cap set at 1 million won. With COVID-19-related financial blows easing somewhat after that, from Mm. July, the rate was increased back up to 3.5%, and this rate is to stay in place until the end of this month. The finance ministry is currently mulling whether to continue this reduction in the individual consumption tax, and if so, by how much, 1.5% or 3.5%. According to the ministry, a three-month reduction of in individual consumption tax down to 1.5% would translate to a tax revenue loss of up to 500 billion won, which is not a small amount, especially given that we have a big budget expansion planned for next year. Right. And the way things are going with both the pandemic and the the economic fallout, you're kind of wondering maybe there are going to be uh, other additional supplementary measures in place to Mm -hmm. spend more money. So uh, the question is where they will receive um, the shortfall in revenue to make up for the uh, 500 billion won hit uh, with auto sales. But uh, you got to think that it might help consumption because even personally speaking, I had been slightly considering getting a new car because I drive the 17-year-old Sonata and nobody (laughs) in this uh, parking lot at TVS has an older car than me, including (laughs) all of our staff members. But um, I kind of held back because it was just like, ah, well, economically, uh, you know, it's a difficult decision to make. But kind of things like this, just again, anecdotally, it kind of makes you go, it might be worth it to do it now rather Mm -hmm. than later when the uh, taxes come back up again. So Mm -hmm. uh, at least uh, for this one individual, it's having somewhat of an effect. So, Mm -hmm. all right. um, Misarang, as always, thank you very much. Great way to start the week. Appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for having me.